Welcome to Tanja's Talks. Today I have my dear friend Tahira on and um, she can tell you a bit about herself and about um, her current project. So hi Tahira. Hiya. Um, so if you could like introduce yourself to us and just let us know about your, you know, what your project stands for and also about your career and a bit about yourself as well. Okay, sure. So um, I... At the moment, I work as a class teacher, and I'm also um, head of year. Um, and I've got this really wonderful friend who um, we often have lots of conversations about our kind of workplace and things like that. And she works in marketing. And um, so basically, we started thinking about some of the issues that we come across at work. And I know when I talk to my sister... Um, a lot of the time I kind of um, will ask her about advice on how this certain issue has come up at work and how we might, um, you know, look for solutions in her own her workplace and she'll give suggestions and say, oh, this is what we do and this is, this is what the company has done. And, um, you know, um, my friend, her name's Shumi and my sister, they both work in marketing and I work in the education sector. So those are completely different viewpoints. Um, and our experiences are different, but at the same time, being a South Asian woman, um, very similar. So often, um, you know, you go through something and you can a lot of the time feel like you're on your own. Yeah. Um, so, you know, speaking about speaking about it with somebody who is in a similar situation or who has come across something similar, but in a different setting, you start to understand, oh, well, um how how would I tackle this differently or what are other places doing that are working really well um and the other thing is also for me personally I feel like now that technology and society has has evolved so much um a lot of the times there's there's not really many ways that you can network unless you network through social media so um and you know it's there's so many different um types of bloggers and influencers now but how many people are there that you can meet who are in a professional work environment Mm. and who can give you some advice or who can say oh yeah I can relate to that um so um Shumi and I we decided to um sort of like start this project and it's called Sweet Mango Sisters and it's, it's, it's a funny story why it's called Sweet Mango Sisters, actually. We, we were thinking, you know, we really wanted to um, keep it really specific in terms of the community that we're reaching out to. And that's mm. our South Asian community. And something that connects everybody um, within the South Asian communities is our love for mangoes. So yeah. the, um... <laughs> That's a really good idea. Yeah, so yeah. the uh, name kind of stemmed from there, but the project actually, um, it, it stands for so much more than that. It, we want to create a really supportive and empowering sisterhood that can celebrate the dynamic skill sets of um, you know, individuals in professional environments, but also kind of use that expertise to sort of help and build, um, build up people who are at the beginnings of their careers as well and or or who might be kind of finding themselves in a situation where they're they're a bit stuck and they don't really know which way to go to go forward um so yeah and in my role as a teacher and as a head of year 
I've mentored quite a few students over the years, student teachers. Um, so I've seen quite a range of um, South Asian girls come by and I've, I've seen them sort of really lacking in that confidence in mm. themselves and really sort of struggling with their, their presence and their voice. And I, I know I, that's such a, a relatable thing for me because yeah, I know that I didn't find my voice until quite later in life. And I think that's something that we can all relate to yeah. in our kind of Asian communities. So, yeah, so um, we're hoping that Sweet Mango Sisters can be a platform that we can share and support each other um, in navigating workplaces. Uh, but also at the same time, you know, it's, an, it's a way to sort of network and um, build a sort of sisterhood where you can just jump on or attend um jump online because of covid obviously but when everything's over sort of maybe go on um residentials or do some meetups and things like that where we can you know just do some really nice things together um so yeah that's that's the idea um it's still in the beginnings um but yeah we're really excited about it so when you first um told me about this idea i thought automatically I can relate to it there's nothing like this out there at the moment um and we kind of discussed about we got into a discussion about say how it's you said how it's kind of ingrained into our childhood as South Asian women to be meek to be timid to be you know not heard to be not too loud and me and you went into that about how that affects us later on in life yeah absolutely and I think that you know um society has an expectation of women in general and then south asian society has an expectation of women on top of that you know so there's so many layers there's so many layers that come with being a woman woman of color and coming from our backgrounds that it's just really hard um if you know when you're younger or when you're say a budding teenager it's really hard for you to have a voice because you're instantly shut down you know um by your parents or um by your relatives because it's like oh my god um why is she like this or she's going to ruin my my children or she's you know she's way too out there and and that that's not very good and they sort of look down on you in disdain yeah and so that kind of having a voice or that sense of confidence is really sort of um misguided I think because then you kind of adopt this culture of um, speaking only when you're spoken to or not really having that confidence to speak out even if you wanted to deep inside and so when when it comes to a situation where you really do have to advocate for yourself um, you you don't know how to do it it's not that you don't want to do it it's almost that you don't have the right tools yes um, to do it and then another thing you spoke about is like about communication. So like in situations, let's say you have a difficult situation at work and some of the women, they just maybe a lot of you said a lot of South Asian women research has shown South Asian, Asian and East Asian women. You said that um, they usually have most of the workload. They don't really complain. They just kind of get on with it and they don't communicate how they feel. They're kind of overloaded with work. Yeah, yes. definitely. I think um you know, um, I'm, I've written a piece on um, something called the docility myth. And it's basically about this idea that a lot of Asian women 
are docile and that's something that's sort of like um stemmed into the western view of of asian women as well so often what will happen is a lot of asian women will um in the workplace they'll just um take on more work but they, <clears throat> because they don't really know how to say you know hey actually you should be paying me a bit more for this or this is not really within my my job remit or whatever um they just kind of continue on to do it and the thing is um employers know this about um asian women and so they kind of uh use that to their advantage a bit more so rather than offering up those opportunities for progression or for more pay and things like that they sort of just continue to add on the workload yes um yeah so i think that that's another issue and then we spoke about this like some of our friends that have been you know you said that asian women are put into a box almost and say you said you found your voice later on which is good but there are some women that never find their voice yeah you know um I i don't know i think there's so many factors for this but you know we were talking about how um if you don't have enough lived experiences and if you don't go yes. out there in the world and you don't um, uh, kind of get to know other people from different backgrounds or different work environments, then you don't really get an overall view of what what workplace um, is like. Mm. And so sometimes you might come across a situation and you might really read deeply into it where, I mean, of course, maybe there were grounds for it, but you might take that really personally to a point where you don't then have the tools to say actually okay maybe this isn't right but how do I articulate this and or how do I kind of go about um in sort of uh addressing this in a professional manner Um, and often it might be something just as simple as writing an email but do we know how to write the right email response where we're advocating for ourselves rather than sort of saying apologizing and saying oh sorry and blah 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 or kind of missing the point completely you know um and do you feel like sometimes um apology like say for example a lot of these kind of I shouldn't really put them in the box but a lot of South Asian women we are quite apologetic like when I started I think when I first started my career I remember I always apologize and then my work colleague was like don't apologize you did nothing wrong there and that's when I started realizing don't apologize when you're not wrong when you're wrong yes definitely own it apologize but if you're not in the wrong so you know when you have the email trails of say yeah another work colleague and you're like oh apologies but if it's not your fault yeah absolutely and I think it's like you sort of um taking control of your own narrative and saying actually I didn't do anything wrong here um in fact if we go back down the email trail um so and so was supposed to have um sent this to me or whatever and hence that's the reason why it's sort of impacted myself in this way or whatever but it's we we tend to over apologize I think that is maybe a British thing as well but yeah it's definitely a um something that's ingrained in us um we find it really hard to um take that control because the other thing is it's like if you do take control um the flip side is you can come across really bossy yeah and and you know what I've come across that um at work when I've you know in my first year as a leader um, I knew a lot of the changes that I wanted to make and then these were effective changes but it was really hard because I had a lot of people who were 
older than me and who were maybe had a lot more years of experience than me and who were not uh, not Asian, you know, so they were kind of from other backgrounds. And so a lot of these factors um, came into play and I didn't really see any reason why it should, but really um, it did because it affected um, the way I was, I, I knew that the decisions I was making were effective, but it affected me um, in, and my mental health. Like it really affected me in terms of how I was viewing myself. Cause I was thinking, well, what am I doing wrong? Um, and, you know, in this situation at work, I was being painted as this really bossy um, sort of um, leader and, I, and I'm being really unreasonable, but actually it came back down to um, people that didn't want that change. Um, yeah. Uh, and they were sort of using the advantage of being in the, being in the work environment longer and sort of um, knowing the people the other people in the workplace longer and using that to their advantage advantage to sort of um, taint my uh, leadership style. Yeah. And, you know, I got through like half a year of this, um, just dealing with it. And then I realized actually, no, I, I'm not doing anything wrong at all. And every, and all of these changes that I've put into place have, um, you know, been successful and they've been, really you know um effective changes so why am i letting myself get beaten down and why am i letting myself get affected by it um so then i was brave enough to kind of go to my line manager and say you know actually this is a this is a real issue um and i do think it's a personal issue um and i'm and i've sort of persevered through this whole period and i can't think of any reasons why um this person might be behaving this way but other than the fact that they just don't respect me and 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 where I'm from you know like in terms yes. of I'm I'm young and yes yeah. I'm young but um I know what I'm doing and I'm might be um an Asian woman but I have that confidence to make those um changes so instead of trusting me this person was sort of like um couldn't deal with the fact that they didn't want that change and couldn't deal with the fact that they, they'd had that control for so long, you know? Yeah. Um, but until we sort of, and I'm in, in hindsight, I feel like, why did it take me so long? Because I, it, it was really tough. That oh. whole like six, seven, eight months was really tough for me. And in hindsight, I think actually I should have been confident enough, despite the fact that I knew this person had a lot more re- leverage than me I should have been confident enough confident enough to advocate for myself um but at least you learned for it yeah Yeah. and I think there are many situations in in at work that we can come across and we can sort of really start second guessing ourselves rather Mm. than realizing actually we're not the problem Mm. I believe that and I think with with work I always say that in life everything's a game this is my perspective so I feel like you come out of school you have bullies in school but you also have bullies in work you have politics at work every workplace has them oh my god it's rife (laughs) yes so like you know how you said they were kind of tarnishing your name that's like to me that's a form of some some um, work colleagues they might do like malicious rumors they might kind of put down someone's reputation or they might just put you oh my god this person was like 
crying to my like other other leaders and saying oh my god like she's making me do this and she's making me and I just used to think like what the hell like I've not even spoken I even if anything I've taken more care because I know that you were you know um struggling to give back control so I've taken more care to speak to you with kindness but you're really you know malicious that's not right yeah and I think and I feel like that's something that we face a lot and we don't speak up the bullying the malicious rumors like kind of the politics and it's about a lot of the women me and you were talking about this that they don't know their rights yeah yeah that's what it is they don't know it so they just kind of think oh I might you said they think they always think I might lose my job so you know I'm just gonna keep quiet and we're gonna carry on um you know trying to do my best and just and like it's something that me and you were talking about how it's something that's engraved from when you were kids and then you know when you grow up and you get your voice and it's just that kind of you know dual society standards so you have the south asia society and then you also have the western society yeah i mean you know we're doing um you know last year we had the whole black lives matter movement and since then we've been you know everyone's been a lot more um aware and trying to learn a little bit more about how to be anti-racist and things like that and you know um particularly like in my workplace we've been sort of exploring what that means and the different layers within that and Yes, of course, as um, South Asian um, people, we do have um, an element of privilege. But at the same time, we do also um, have to deal with microaggressions. And so these are kind of commonplace daily things that are happening that we don't know how to advocate for ourselves. And it's it's almost something as simple as um, your white colleague coming over to you and you uh you know at a time that's not that's not convenient uh, something that could have been an email um but they know that catching you off guard um is going to be uh advantageous for them um and you know actually if you were to look at that on paper um what the way they were going about it was completely wrong um so do you sort of allow yourself to be um, put under pressure like that in that situation or do you sort of do something about it after? I actually did go through something similar and then, you know, speaking with a few friends, I was like, you know what, um, actually, no, that was wrong. Um, so I'm going to put it in an email and say, this is what happened and I didn't appreciate that. Um, but something just like that, it, it takes a big step to do. Courage. You know? Yeah, and I don't. I yeah. definitely don't think I could have done that like ten years ago, or even five years ago. Yeah, I feel, I, I I feel like me. Um, I feel quite similar to you. Like I feel like I'm broken now. Like whereas before I would just be like, quiet and I would just be undoing it. But even like sometimes speaking to you gives me courage. Just having that kind of, get, you know, get picking your brain, getting some advice of you when I go through situation. I could be like, hey, Tahira this is what happened and then you kind of give me your advice and then I I'll be like oh by the way but just little things like that people don't have that because people as you said they feel alone they feel like it's their own yeah me. and and that's why it's um you know sweet mango sisters I'm hoping is going to be you know um a platform where we can do more of that imagine if there were more people that we could talk to um and from different uh different sectors different workplace environments who could relate 
Um, and, and this is something for everybody, not just somebody who is quite settled in their career, but it's also for, um, you know, making choices when you're at the start of your career and you don't, you know, you've got all, you've got to deal with the whole load of, well, I'm still new to this profession. I don't really know my way around it. I'm not sure how to navigate this, but I'm just going to take it on the shoulder, you know? Um, but I, we were saying, weren't we? Like if we knew certain things or if we had the confidence that we have today, mm. we probably would have um, taken more control and um, maybe uh, taken hold of some opportunities much earlier on. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the young girls now who are, you know, um, like in college at university thinking about where they, what, what kind of um, careers they want to go into, they could make more informed decisions about that. Um, instead of just sort of a lot of the time what we do is we just say, we just say oh this is the natural way of you know going uh, progression you go to college you go to university you get a job but if we were to have mentors or people who we can speak to who, who would say actually maybe do this first or maybe um, have, have a bit of experience in that or let's talk about this so you feel a bit more confident and then you can get a really great um, personal statement or have a really good interview or these are things that I, I would avoid you know if you were to have those conversations um, you could make decisions better decisions much earlier on in life yes 100% and I think another thing that we spoke about was um, marriage yeah yes so it's not about if you're married or if you're not but it's just the whole societal pressure of it yeah, definitely. I think um, so. Like linking back to, if we were to talk about it for for the first instance in terms of work, um, I think the societal pressure of marriage. A, it's like, oh well, this person has focused way too much on their career, and now they're not going to find be able to find someone to get married to, or B, it's like, well. This person has, um, you know, studied up to a certain level and, uh, well, you know, the expectation of them is that they're going to get married and be a housewife. And I think that comes back down to um, our communities and the expectation we have of women to, and to be domesticated as well as be educated you know I'm for the longest time as a as a young girl my mom was like you're not you know it doesn't matter if you um go to school college wherever but you need to be able to be um <laughs> you need to be able to pass your degree in the kitchen you know because that was my mom's view at that time and um, yeah. you felt like if I don't train you up to be a, a good housewife. Um, a housewife then yeah. people when you get married people are gonna look at you like oh your mum didn't teach you anything yes um which is such which is something we all all of us asian girls were kind of brought up we're kind of being trained to become housewives since birth like um yeah but it's like well why why isn't the same um expectations put on um uh, the boys like exactly. i've got five brothers you know and at the moment in our house it's my parents and my three brothers everyone's you know grown up and, and moved away um and it's really hard because my mom is still doing a lot of the stuff but you know our the way we were brought up and the way the boys were um completely different i'm not saying that the boys don't do their bit 
But, you know, um, from so early on, we the girls had to learn to cook, to clean, to do all these things. And it was just so ingrained. Um, they just had to do it. But we make so many exceptions for boys um, and that they don't learn anything about, you know, um, doing anything at home. So when you do get married, then you get married to somebody who doesn't really know how to do anything at home. He's like um, a, big, so then, a big baby, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, is like in terms of your career, then you then sometimes made to feel like, well, if I do too much and I'm and I'm earning beyond, you know, what my husband's earning, that's going to make him look bad or people are going to, you know, that's kind of embarrassing or whatever. Um, and actually, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, really, that comes back down to um, why, why are you getting married and who, why have you chosen the person that? you you are um going to spend the rest of, of your life with um and why do you need to dial yourself down mm. to sort Hold of protect that yeah to protect that reputation um and a lot of um research does show that particularly in our kind of south asian community one of the reasons that women can hold themselves back from progressing is because they don't want to make their husband look bad um they don't want to earn more than their husband. But it's, by doing yeah. that, we're holding ourselves back. And you were saying it's to do with kind of mindset and your perspectives and kind of how you view things. And it's just, it, there's a lot of societal pressure that we get. So it's just, yeah, that's absolutely. another one added to the list, basically. Yeah, yeah. I think um, there's two things. Yeah. It's like whether you choose your um, um, spouse or not, um, or your parents um, happen to do that for you through an arranged marriage um, either way there's a certain expectation that the girl should be educated now mm. right but then what happens is okay sure she's educated um, but then we've got this expectation and that usually comes from the family and if you know you're not lucky then it will that, that will also stem into um, the husband um, it's like well you know yes you're educated but you've got to also stay at home and run the house and uh you you know so therefore if um when we have a child you've got to stop working uh, you know and so there's really clear defined roles so why do we um why do we before we um get married add such value to a girl because she's educated only to have her sit at home it's because it's, it's just that piece of certificate to say, hey, she's got this. Hi. Oh, she's, you know, she's qualified to do this. And me and you were talking yeah, about Yeah, yeah. Like, my, my daughter-in-law is a this. My daughter-in-law yeah. is a doctor. My daughter-in-law is a teacher. Okay, great. Um, but then you want her to stay at home. Exactly. And that's where we came down to materialism about expectations and about, um, you know, just about you know, it's kind of like to show to say my daughter-in-law does this or my son married this person and it's about that kind of the materialistic aspect of it yeah yeah it's like you know I think like you know a lot of people are making um more informed choices and they're understanding what kind of qualities they're looking they would like in a partner and so there's kind of seeking a bit more depth in a person now rather than surface level things but honestly speaking surface level materialistic things are still part of the checklist yes you know a huge part 
yeah yeah because like say you're you're a girl and you've worked your way to getting a really high salary um then the automatic checklist is he has to be earning higher than me yeah but why you know if you're looking for um security sure that's great um but at the end of the day um a, a good marriage I don't know, but I mean, you, you, you know, you and I, I, we've we've got some amazing husbands yeah. and some lovely marriages, and you know, both, um, we, I think we both agree that that comes back down to having communicate a good, you know, great communication, um, love, support, and nurture, all these things, rather than uh, uh, all this materialistic stuff. Yes. that sort of gets in the way. Yes. And the thing is, we can identify with that, but I do, I personally feel like, even though you're saying girls are being well-informed, I still feel like that kind of societal standard is still there. So, like, they'll be like, oh, you know, my daughter's getting married, oh, he's uh, this and that, which is good. But it's like, they, you, like you said, it's a checklist. And, for example, like, wedding CVs, um, they will have, like, the guy's height, the guy's parents, his brothers and sisters' jobs, his job, um... Same with the girl, her educational qualifications. It's like an actual CV where you're selling yourself. And, yeah, yeah, and it's like, well, what happened to actually um, looking for good qualities in a person? Because the yes. qualities are the things that are going to last much longer than all these things. Like, this is a life partner that you're choosing or your parents are choosing for you or whatever. So, you know, we have to really redefine what we're looking at now. I, I, I mean, I know, I guess, all of these things come from a different period in time where maybe those things mattered, right? You know, um, if we think back to our parents, where they're from, um, at that time, wealth did matter. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in back, like back home, you know, it made a difference in whether or not you had certain opportunities. Um, but now, if you know, we're in this country where we've got loads of opportunities already and we can start shaping those opportunities for ourselves, then I think we need to look a bit more deeper than just the, the surface level checklist. And I think that I agree with you. It's still quite a big issue because that's a, there's a lot of people I know who have who are finding it really hard um, to find a partner. Um, and you have, yeah. to, you have to ask yourself, are you looking for the right things? Or are you being too picky? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's the thing. And I think me and you kind of, we, me and you talk about personality and, you know, caring and um, nurture and that kind of relationship. I think um, definitely, you know, it is important. Obviously, security is important. But I do think um, in terms of, like, social media and things like that, it is highlighted, you know, you get a rich yeah. guy and you get married and then you can just sit at home. I don't know. Maybe it's my view of things. Maybe it's not everyone's view of things, but that's. I, don't know. I mean, I agree yeah. with you, but yeah. like you know, my husband's completely different to me in terms of interests, in terms of what he does, and stuff like that. But we get along so well. Yeah, uh, like you guys, we just... bring each other something different, you know. Yeah. And then another part we wanted to speak about is the domesticated view of women so we touch on marriage and then it's like how it affects their choices and decisions so you're saying like women maybe won't advance in their careers because they want don't want to earn more than the male and things like that and then like for me I feel like you know when a lot of people get married they kind of go off the grid like they They do a lot of friends they disappear don't they 
Yeah, they yeah. do. You know what I was um so we had this um sharing session with the mentors. By the way, the mentors at Sweet Mango Sisters, they're amazing, amazing women. So we had this sharing session and um we were talking about different um views and perspectives in our sort of like culture societies. Mm. And um I was saying, Oh well, um my my in-laws don't really understand um why I would um I I work as hard as I do Mm. Um, because their view is like you know girls should be um you know um looked after and taken care of and um, they don't they shouldn't be working very hard you know Mm. which is very nice but at the same time um you know like my mum she is a strong fierce independent woman and while she may have been within kind of like a um, family setting where she had to kind of um, navigate herself, living with in-laws and all these other things, but she she has brought me up to kind of have that ambition, have that drive for myself. Mm. You know? I couldn't imagine. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to be spoiled, but at the same time, I would get bored. You know, I I, I would yes. I would want to do something for myself. It's that um, purpose, isn't it? It comes down to purpose. Exactly. It really yes. comes back down to your purpose and, and how you sort of um, want to live your life. Um, uh, you know, it could be doing something creative. It could be doing something um, a bit more out there. It could be something that's giving back to the community. But it just gives you a sense of purpose. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting because, like, sometimes I come home and, you know, my, my father was really sweet, but he'd be like, oh, you know, Beata, like, why are you working so hard? And I'm like, Dad, I know I'm tired today, but I'm enjoying what I do. I love teaching. You love it. I love teaching. I love mm. the interactions I have with the kids. Um, and so I would do it in a heartbeat. Um, it's something that I've always wanted to do, and I I want to do it because it's for me. It gives me a, this inner satisfaction, you know. Um, so I feel like that that sense of wanting to do something for yourself yeah um is it's really hard for um females especially especially when you're dealing with the pressure of society's expectation of you as a daughter-in-law as a uh, wife as a you know as a daughter like just you you just it, it there's, there's so much baggage to deal with yes before and you can think for yourself. It all at the same time like a juggling act almost yeah and yeah. not to mention as a mother as well so yeah I, I'm not, I'm, <laughs> you know we can't forget our, our moms yeah. um they they take on so much if you're you, I know you're a mom and you're yeah. an amazing mom you do so Thank much you. with with Aiden I, I just I'm always in awe how you make so much time for him as well as kind of doing your own thing and doing your you know your job your day job and and then doing this amazing um podcast so, oh, thank you. But, really I, but I feel like people like you, um, is, is like, for me, it's very rare to like people like you are very rare to find. Um, kind of, it's kind of refreshing having kind of you have such an open mind and different perspective. For example, when I first when I was working full time, um, my husband's had most of his friends are nice, but he had a couple of friends, and I think he went out for misogynistic things. So they're like, oh. Um, you know, if my wife has a baby, she's not working. And then he yeah. just went quiet. Because the thing is, 
I love working. Like I've had people give me mean messages. People say to me, you should spend more time with the child. And I'm like, I can balance it. And my child's in full-time school. I'm working. I do the school runs. I'm there for him. But I don't need to explain myself as well. And, you know, like even like family members are like, oh, you're working. I'm like, yeah, I love working. It's my passion. If I didn't work, I'd be bored. But at the same time, it's like stay-at-home moms also get that kind of discrimination. Oh, she's just a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's it's just like double-edged sword. You can't win yes. either way. And it, and you're absolutely right, like picking on the fact that it is a lot to do with that misogynistic society. This sort of we, we live in a patriarch, patriarchal society where everything is in favour of of the men. Yeah. And, and you know, um, when we do um, come across, like I know, I know, even within my social circle, like you know, me and my husband and and our friends that are couples, sometimes certain things might be said, and you have to really challenge that. Yes. Um, and you look back you sometimes, you're like, it, why didn't I say something then? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's really important to challenge it. But if people are so, um, in like, hung up on trying to make you feel guilty for things, yes. it's so unfair. Um, and that's why we need, to, we need to sort of support each other in having that voice, in cleverly manipulating that situation um, and articulating ourselves so yes. that actually... We're saying it as it is, but, you know, sometimes this way is not going to get through to this person, so we've got to say it this way. Um, and so you're being clever about how you say something, but you're still getting your point across, you know? And for, for me, I feel like I've learned a lot from you, and, you know, I'm excited, you know, to see your project grow, and I'm also excited maybe getting some of the other mentors on, and I've learned so much from you, so I always come to you for a lot of advice, whether it's to do with Aiden's school, whether it's to do with situations at work, just general things. And I feel like you always have a great way of articulating things. I've learned a lot from you. Oh, even this conversation now, I feel like I've learned so much from you. And I'd love to have you back again. Um, oh, I'd be so happy. I think, you yeah. know what? I mean, I'm just one voice. and yes. But at the same time, imagine how wonderful it would be if we had so many more voices empowering yes. each other. And, and that's the vision, you know, like, I, I know that there's so many things that I can still um, learn from. And there's so many instances, even now, where I, I second guess myself and I think, oh, can I do this? Or, or can I say this? Um, but when I, like I said to you in the beginning, when I speak to my sister about it, and just talking to, just talking to another female um, who has a different perspective can make such a difference. Yes. And it's the power that we have as women of, you know, kind of uplifting each other giving each other that sense of like advice and feeling someone's there for them yeah yeah and I feel like that is so important and that's what you always advocate for and you always have like the right words the right information and that's why I'm so excited for your project because I know it's other strong women as well that are very you know well versed and you know when you guys are going to hold events and workshops I definitely want to be a part of it um 100% I would definitely like to have you guys on um, is there anything else you'd like to cover? Um, no, um, if you're not yet, please do follow us on yes. um, Instagram. We are um, called Sweet Mango Sisters. Um, we are, if you have any suggestions of what you would like to talk about, or if you just want to get in touch, feel free to send us a message. 
um and uh yeah on on our page we've got um bios of all the amazing women who are um mentors um so please read through them if you're interested and and if it connects with you then you know um follow our journey and uh let's 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 do this together oh thank you thank you so much for coming on Tahira and um hopefully we'll get you back soon thank you bye thanks so much for having me this is really great this is lovely take care (laughs) bye bye